Hey, I'm Lorenzo Antonucci, and I'm on with Steve Owens of uh, what was the School of Hollywood, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm here to get schooled, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, Lorenzo, it's great to have you here. Um, have you know, we have a little bit of history going back to a project called Cracker. Uh, yeah. With, with Dale, the real rage. Without you, we wouldn't know the the most fantastic actor in the world, Hakeem Kekazan. He's amazing. I, I used to manage him a long time ago. And probably one of the most famous he's known for is Pirates of the Caribbean. You started your career in Los Angeles, I noticed, from wrestling kind of projects. Uh, Lucha Underground, which is so popular internationally what made you make that uh, choice to do the wrestling on that because i had i had the wrestling experience i trained i originally came out here to be a wrestler but i didn't necessarily think you know i was i was i was um in love with it and i hurt myself and injured myself so i i kind of moved away from it you know i was spooked and i was a little late i was a little older you know i was 36 years old and i was like you know what this isn't for me just didn't it just didn't ring with me so having all that skills that i learned with at knox pro with rikishi and gangrel who are very well-known wrestlers i learned from the best i was able to do my own stunts and everything and, and obviously lucha underground needed a lot of uh, guys that would take the bumps and bruises for the other main characters. So that's how I got on there. I'm really just a lucha wrestler. You don't even see me. It's just me in a mask. So, you know, it's fun to be doing lucha in lucha underground. <laughs> uh, but after that, uh, you landed on a soap and you're a very vocal person and, and you know, you're very strong on the, on the screen. Did you have to tone it down to be on the soap? No, I mean, yeah, I toned down my New York, you know, obviously I was just a regular, you know, hitman kind of henchman uh, for Mr. Kiriakis on Days of Our Lives, you know, which is Jennifer Anderson's real father, who's, uh, who, who's been on the show for like 40 something years, which I was his, you know, one of his henchmen through one of his, you know, the, through his family. And you know, I, I, all I had to be was just a, a very demeaning, powerful man with just very few, you know, a few words, you know, under five in every episode. And that's, uh, was a good, you know, moment for me because it was a, it's NBC, it's universal, you know, it's, it's, it's a the step into the right direction, you know? And, uh, actually I manifested it cause I actually liked the show cause of my, my, my ex-wife, she got me into it. <laughs> so it was funny yeah so you're originally from the new york brooklyn area what caused you to make the transition from from that area to the west coast to do your acting career um well again i i didn't know i was coming here to be an actor i came here to because i didn't know what i was doing in my life and my friend ash was like well why don't you come out here and um you know, moved to LA and I was like, what the, what am I going to do to LA? What, what, what am I moving there for, bro? Like, I, I mean, I've been here a thousand times. We would play out here. We would live out here for weeks out of a time to record and stuff like that and play all the different venues. Had few friends out here, but I didn't know what, what the whole point was because I was from New York and I was like, what do I need to be there for? And in my mind, and he was like, I don't know, we'll figure it out. We'll make you a wrestler. And that's how I got into the wrestling. And <laughs> obviously here we are with the acting and everything else you just kind of touched on something that i didn't know you you were in a band then out here in los angeles or i was in a band from queens new york and we were you know on electro records at first for you know the first two years of our career and then we went to century media 
about 10 years of touring the world called my band called Swan Enemy. Well, well known. Fantastic. Is that where you met uh, Dale? Did he do one of your music videos? Yeah. Actually, I met Dale on Tattoo the Earth, which was a, a, a festival in 2000. So I go back with Dale 21 years, I guess, because that's, yeah, 21 years ago this summer. Pretty much now, 21 years ago. I met him and he was, you know, recording kind of like the, 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 the documenting the, the, the actual um, festival, which was interesting because it was never been done and it was actually cool. It was like, you know, you can go to, you can go to a festival and see metal bands and get tattooed. So what better place to do it than, you know, there. And that being said, um, I, you know, we, we, we connected a few times, hung out, you know, we knew of each other. And then when I started my band, he started doing our videos. And then that's how we became friends. I mean, I go back with him that long, but like the, the closer we got is when we started to work together. And then we kind of disconnected because, you know, life happens and I was in touring mode all over and he didn't do a few of our last videos because, you know, I wasn't, I, I never understood the difference, you know, because I was, you know, in my own little shell. I didn't know anything about who do we get to direct this? You know, I was just like, are we making a video? Cool. And then let the people handle it. You know, <laughs> I, had, I had no idea about film. I didn't know nothing. Um, and then, and then Dell and I reconnected at, um, I would say in 2017 at the end, and we started talking about Cracker. That is awesome. Um, you also got an opportunity to work with uh, one of our fellow moderators on Clubhouse and, and Raiders Room, uh, Raiders Coffee, uh, Rob Weiss on uh, Ballers. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, he's he's like a, he's a brother to me. I mean, Rob, Rob definitely, you know was an early believer in me and he gave me the opportunity to be on ballers for two episodes and, you know, forever grateful, forever thankful. I love Rob. That's, that's, that's family for life. Um, and I mean, he, you know, Rob, it was the, the, the Rob put me in, in a, in a, in a scene with the rock, put it like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's, there's no one bigger than Dwayne Johnson right now. And that's the bottom line, you know? So he put me in a scene with that man and I'm forever grateful. I sure hope that's the opening scene on your demo reel. It's actually the thumbnail, but it comes in right after cracker, a scene of cracker. And then it goes right into that. That's the thumbnail of me and rock looking at each other. <laughs> you even scored a uh, game of Thrones. Tell me, yeah. tell me how that happened. Cause isn't that, that shot overseas. Shot in Belfast. Yeah. So Dave and Dan are dear friends of mine. Shout out to Dave and Dan. They, they, you know, they're, they're like, you know, brothers to me too. They looked out for me. They, they, they show me a lot of love and um, they, they pretty much, you know, we're in between shooting and then they would be out here. And one day, you know, we, we, we discussed, you know, I asked them, how can I get in the room to, to read for something for fun, you know, be a wildling or something. And they were like, yeah, yeah, whatever, man, you'd be a wildling, we'll, you know, throw you in there. You know, years later, I mean, yeah, a couple, I would say a year later, we uh, started talking about it. And then I just, you know, got myself on a plane and got out there. And um, another cool story with that is I'm hanging out with um, another American gentleman at the, you know, like in wardrobe or at, at makeup. And we're hanging out and it's just another guy and he's got an assistant. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, man, we're hanging out, talking, you know, talking shop cool guy. And then, you know, we obviously gravitated towards each other because we we're the only Americans around. And, uh, 
hanging out and then he had his girlfriend come and they, they, they pulled up in some like bends and I'm like, who are these people? What's going on? You know what I mean? I, I, I was just like, whatever, how you doing beef up? Just being myself, didn't care. And then um, <laughs> a few hours later, people were bringing up footballs to this guy. And then we're like in, in, in our, in our, in our wardrobe, you know, and we're like in the middle of King's Landing, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and he's signing footballs and I'm like, yo, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. I said, oh, fuck. I said, I should have been a, I should have been a football player. I was great in the street to tackle, man. He's a tackle. I'm like, I said, come on, let's go get a coffee. I just said, he was just like, who is this guy? I was like, like, I had no idea that he was like such a legend. Zero point, zero clue. And his girlfriend was Danica Patrick, <laughs> the, like the, 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 the famous race, race car driver, because I'm so oblivious to NASCAR myself, so. Now, what's funny is actually Allison Bear was on uh, our last episode and she was talking about uh, she signed a contract with one of the same sponsors of, of Dana. And they said, well, if, if Dana can do it, you can do it. If she can't do it, you can't do it. Get away with it. So, Wow. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. Having her. See, yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole nother beast, man. That's a big world that people don't know about. Huge. Huge, like Talladega got like 150,000 people, man. I used to sell shirts, you know, when I was when I was in between toys and I had to make money, I would go out there and bootleg some fucking NASCAR shirts <laughs> in the street like an animal, you know? I was like, what am I gonna do? And uh, um, we used to sell, you know, $5 shirts, you know? You know the guys that are in the street, that was me. <laughs> Talladega, 150,000 people in one stadium. It was like nothing you've ever heard before. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, it was kind of a, a insane, intense. So you've been on the road a little bit. You just did a, a Bruce Willis movie. Yes, yes. Um, two back-to-back, -back, actually. Um, Reactor, which is scheduled to come out in the late qu uh, fourth quarter of 21. So that is exciting. It's uh, Patrick Muldoon, uh, Matthew Marsden, Bruce Willis, myself, and Christopher Cleveland. Um, a lot of great actors are in this. And um, then we just wrapped White Elephant with um, John Malkovich. John Malkovich, <coughs> Bruce Willis, Michael Rooker. Fantastic. I love Michael. He's, he's, phenomenal as a, as a human and as an actor he's just something else is special he was teaching me how to shoot guns we went guns we were shooting guns it was awesome dude i mean that's just a whole nother story and olga kirilenko the girl from james bond um that just wrapped um and wow you know more to come more in the pipe but there's a bigger one that you're a star in and that's uh, Paradise City. Oh, hey, yeah, um, definitely one of the one of the one of the leads. You know, one of the you know season regulars. And um, yeah, I'm an executive producer and, and a writer. And uh, Paradise City is out right now on Amazon Prime. Check it out; it's kicking ass, and we're really, really um, gearing up <clears throat> for season two. We're hearing good things, so you know. Only time will tell, and uh, hopefully we'll be in the writer's room by the end of the year. Well, I saw that you were number one on, on Google and Amazon and uh, a couple other uh, of the services that uh, that are out there. You guys some, did some heavy hustling to make people aware of it. 
since it was a self-developed uh, uh, program, not a studio. Um, yeah. What? Why don't you tell people about the process that you went through to to make uh, a hit TV series? Oh man! Wow, the process. Okay, process is very, very grueling because number one, you need money. Without money, you got nothing, right? Not that you don't have anything, but you have, you know, like you can have the best scripts in the world. And if you don't got, you know, money and you have everybody in there and you got every piece to the puzzle put together except the financing, you ain't going anywhere, right? And that's the hardest part. So we had the money because of our company with, with Ash and Sumerian Records and Films. So, you know, the, the that that was the hardest part kind of over the hurdle, that's the hardest part. So now I guess writing it, getting it to the place we felt comfortable to start submitting offers and getting people attached. We started, I think the first person we had attached was Hobson, you know, besides ourselves, you know, me and Ash, you know, as, as an actor and, and, and people that spun off from the movie, like Mark Moon Jr. and Andy Black, Olivia Culpa and uh, Ben Bruce. They were from the original film. We recasted some of the band for Bella Thorne. And um, we had to really, you know, I mean, we called it the casting couch. You know, we were, we, were, we were writing on a couch and casting from a couch, you know, like in Ash's house or in Tahoe, in Ash's house in Tahoe. So we were just like, you know, it was an insane process. Um, we strategically picked the cast that we kind of knew that would like the rock and roll world, you know, that, that, that would hone in on it. And obviously a lot of the actors that we had, that we got, you know, were intrigued, you know, Cameron Boyce, God rest his soul. He, he saw this character as, you know, getting a little more, um, he was a little more edgier. You know, and this was kind of like, you know, a, a great role for him to be more edgier. And, you know, getting him was a big deal for us because he's a big Disney star, you know, and, um, you know, then that, that kind of helps getting the pieces for Bella, getting the pieces for Drea DiMatteo, who's nominated for a Golden Globe and she won an Emmy. She's a, she's one of, I mean, I love her to death as, as like a sister, but she's definitely a fantastic actress and a fantastic person. So, you know, having all these pieces start to come together were, you know, was such a long process, you know, I mean, but, but it was happening so quickly because, you know, we were sending straight offers to the people that we knew can do it. And once there's a straight offer and, and not just, Hey, do you want to read this? You know, it was not none of that crap. You know what I mean? We, 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 we kind of, we got, we got down and dirty and we just, we just went for the, we went for the gusto. And I mean, we, we were writing in August and we were casting in, in September, October, we were shooting in November straight up. So, which is kind of crazy. I right? think about that. <laughs> yep. um, and at the same, at the same time, we were very strategic on how we did the deals with all the cast and how we, we knew if, the event, we couldn't go and flip this to a studio or a network. We had to have eyeballs for the show. And obviously with social media and platforms like Amazon Prime and Amazon Prime, you know, doing what they do, we were able to 
Come on, man. I mean, we, we, we made so much noise with a show independently financed, independently made, and independently distributed, and, you know, independently marketed. You know, the, we ain't got no P&A budget. You know, we ain't got billboards everywhere. I mean, Hollywood we did, but, I mean, you know, I, at the end of the day, we did what we, we, we did the best we could, and that was, like, I think that's what made the noise, you know, because we spent – two years on the, on the, on the making of the show. Cause our post-production took a lot longer because of just, you know, we didn't have enough manpower and every single thing cost thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, every little thing, you're just like another 11 grand, another 24 grand. What the, it's just insane. Right. Every little thing that you're just like, are you kidding me? So that happens. You know, and then we got to the point of no return. We had a, you know, we, 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 we were told Hollywood didn't want us to release it on their, on their platform. So we had to go do it on our own and, and look what we did. You, you did know, incredible on it. Still cranked non, number one TV show for two or three days on iTunes, Fandango. And these are all transactional buying shows. You know, this is the, the transactional stuff. Uh, Google. I don't know if it was no, it was it was on Amazon before it was Amazon Prime, so it was on Amazon for for transaction. That that hit number one. It hit number one on all these platforms, and it was really exhilarating, and um, it felt great finally, you know, for it to be out, and then for the fandom to be crazy, people loving it, reposting it, the engagement is cool. Everybody's stuck on like the the cliffhangers, and everybody's talking about it. It was great. I mean, the, the show did more than we expected, in my opinion, more than I expected independently. I think one of the successes that was brand new that you were able to captivate on was uh, the clubhouse because you were in room after room. People, when you're moderating, asking what you're working on, you had the opportunity to talk about the project. I know a lot of people immediately after they, they got done with the clubhouse, went over to one of the, the platforms, checked out the TV series uh, from people actually communicating with you. And I think that's one of the areas that uh, film and TV are, are got to engage more, as well as the music business. Is the audience has to be part of the part of the play, not just talk to about a project. And you engaged and had conversations with people, uh, which was it was apparent that you were going to have major success just from doing that. Even though you weren't, I don't think really even thinking about trying to do your promotion that way. But you, it gave you a great vehicle to speak to thousands and thousands of people on Clubhouse. Yeah. And for them to talk about it and then to have side conversations, sidebars about how they do an independent TV show. Wow. That's so cool. You know what I mean? Cause it's, it's, it really is unprecedented and we have, and I don't think anybody's done it at the level that we have. And I'm not saying it to be like, Oh, we've done something so cool and nobody's done it. We're just, we've done a show that's like on a level of a network without a network. That is awesome. What advice would you give to young actors who want to try to get on your show? Um, be authentic. I mean, if you feel like you're going to try to get in the room and read for one of the characters when the breakdowns go out, you know, and you want to throw on a leather jacket, you don't know rock and roll and you never lived in that world. I mean, I, it, it, it's a little, it's a little tough, but you know, like authenticity is a lot. And if you gravitate towards the material, I feel like that's how you can book more. You know, I mean, uh, I would definitely 
you know, gravitate towards people that uh, fit the vibe, you know, on the casting process and, 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 and have the look and feel, you know, and, and understand the world or they come from the world and they're just, you know, or they lived it, you know, it could be other band members from other bands that are trying to get into this business now. And that would be cool to see, you know, like people like me where I was five years ago, you know, breaking into this business, trying and trying. And, you know, I feel like, um, you know, there is ways with social media to get attention to be on a show like this, you know, like if I would create content that that is relatable to Paradise City and, you know, start some kind of little Paradise City army, you know what I mean? I mean, and, and, and that's going to create some, I mean, there's so many ways I think completely outside the box for any way of getting myself in the room for anything. And I've done some insane things to get myself in the room that have just been genuinely nice to people and, you know, never. And it's honestly, it's, it's my, I guess my journey or my um, advice is, is, is only coming from my perspective, you know, because I've only done it my way. I managed my band for a long time. You know, we had managers, of course, but I, I was, you know, kind of like the managing member that really took care of a lot of the stuff, helped facilitate a lot of the decisions and was one of the main writers. So I know that I had to kind of grab the bull by the horn, you know, and that's what I did with myself and knew that if I'm in control of myself, and my destiny, then who's going to stop me? I don't have a band member that's not, you know, wanting to play that day or doesn't want to go on the road and I got to figure that out. This is all on me. So I just think that you got to have, you know, you got to have the hunger. You got to have the passion and you got to, you got to take the rejection, like, like just another notch under your belt. All right. I got rejected again. Keep it moving. What's next? That door closed. Another one's opening. Boom. What's going on? I'm, I'm here. Cause if you let that rejection beat you down, it's, 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 it's a dark world. Very dark. Absolutely. Uh, Lorenzo, thank you for being here today on School of Hollywood. Where can people find you on social media? You can check me out at, on Twitter at the Real Antonucci, um, at Real Antonucci. You can find me at on Instagram as Lorenzo Antonucci Jr. So as JR for JR, not, not, not you know, as in abbreviated. Um, so Lorenzo Antonucci Jr. Um, and Facebook, just Lorenzo Antonucci. I have a LinkedIn, Lorenzo Antonucci. Um, I don't do TikTok really. I don't know. I don't really know if I have time for it in my mind. You know what I mean? I try and then that's another rabbit hole. So no TikTok for me, but I still have one. I got like 10 followers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me, you know, on Paradise City. <laughs> Absolutely. Or on Raiders Coffee. <laughs> oh, Raiders Coffee. Yeah, I haven't done, so honestly, Steve, I haven't been on Clubhouse for, for a while because uh, I poked in on on some Coinbase uh, crypto one not too long ago, but I've been so slammed. Luckily, thank God. And the minute that I do have a break to sit down, I'm like working on something else. I haven't had a chance to go on Clubhouse, to be honest. Like it's been a minute for me. But, you know, I do enjoy those fun conversations. I mean, during the pandemic, it was definitely something something fun. I just... I find myself like, how am I going to find time for it? But when I do, I want to make an impact, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, brother. It was great talking to you today and, and catching yeah, likewise. up. Likewise. And, and look forward to seeing your successes throughout the year. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it, man. 
Thank you for listening to the School of Hollywood. Please follow us on Instagram at School of Hollywood and subscribe so you can hear our next episode. I'm Steve Owens. Until next time, continue to follow your dreams and look to the stars for your success.